Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. Before we get started, I just want to talk about one of our awesome sponsors, uh, SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek.com or download their app. Use our promo code CBJA for artillery. That's promo code CBJA. That's to get $20 off your first time purchase with each email. That's a first purchase with just a email. Uh, So if you want to make more emails, that's cool. If not, I mean, you probably should, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, tell them Buckhat Kyle sent you. Actually, you did hear that from me. Uh, you can send them my way. That is SeatGeek.com, promo code CBJA for $20 off your first-time purchase with each email. Uh, you know, some good games coming up, some good BJ games coming up, uh, some good concerts as well. Uh, you, could, you could even send that out to, like, next time. I think uh, Chris Stapleton and Marcus King Band are coming to the Schottenstein Center next, next July, June or July. It might even be August. Uh, hell of a concert. There's so much going on around Columbus for you to buy tickets for. Uh, and the only place you should be doing it is SeatGeek. SeatGeek.com or download the app. Uh, use our promo code CBJA for $20 off your first time purchase. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, news and notes just off the top. Gauthier Drysdale trade. Uh, Corey Perry is allowed back in the league. Trevor Ziggers on the block. Jordan Dumay injury update. That's a big one. Uh, so stick around for that. Uh, and then we're only doing one segment today, state of the team. Uh, we'll get into it when we get there, but it's just the state of the team, you know? Uh, just imagine that as you would anything else. It's exactly what you think it is. And uh, then we're going to round it out with Let's Get Social. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Hey, Fifth Line, this is Greg Murray, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Artillery Podcast, the number one Blue Jackets podcast in the world. Or so they say. Here are your hosts. Who wrote this, by the way? Welcome in to the podcast, ladies and boomers. I am your host today, Bucket Hat Kyle. Uh, yes. That it is your host today, Bucket Hat Kyle, and I'm, I'm sure you're asking yourself right now, why the hell did I just turn on the Artillery Podcast, and why is Bucket Hat Kyle hosting this? Well, it's because I'm the only one here. Um, I did the ad read in the beginning. I'm going to do the ad read in the middle. I did. I give you the rundown. I'm going to do all of the segments by myself. Uh, news and notes coming up. Like huge show for you today. Uh, stick around for the whole thing. You're going to want to stick around for the state of the team segment as well. That whole thing. I, I'm going to get a little worked up here. So uh, I'm excited. This is my first solo epi. So I'm glad that uh, you're all here with me right now um, here in, you know, in your car, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We, I appreciate you regardless. And honestly, I appreciate all you listeners out there. Uh, everybody that says hi to me all the time and, and all those things. You guys are just the dopest. Uh, yeah. So I don't really have much to say. Usually like we just kind of banter in the beginning, like a little monologue kind of going on there. Uh, I am not Jimmy Kimmel. I don't have an Aaron Rodgers monologue or anything like that. So I'm just going to get right into it and talk about hockey. Uh, That's just, you know, I'll make jokes when we get in there, I guess. Uh, So news and notes, let's get right into it. Gauthier Drysdale trade. Um, First of all, it was an absolute shock to the entire NHL system. Uh, All of a sudden, Cutter Gauthier, fresh off a gold medal, uh, in Sweden against Sweden in the world juniors, uh, comes back. And I, I don't want to say that he demanded a trade, but I mean, he basically demanded a trade. 
uh, was not going to play for the Flyers. So I'm hearing uh, that it, it's partly probably because of his agent, which I believe that. I, I absolutely believe that um, agents, especially with somebody that young, um, probably have a lot of pool with guys like that. Now, I don't know the parental situation or anything there, but, uh, you know, it's not just the agent's uh, with all the pool there, there's definitely some parenting going on, hopefully with, with some of these guys as well in these situations. So Cutter said it was the best, uh, move for him, which is gotta be okay with us. Right? Like I I understand, uh, especially Philly fans have just completely gone off the deep end here over the last day or two, uh, with all of this news. But Hey, I I think after last night, Jamie Drysdale coming over from Anaheim. And I think like a second round pick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a second round pick, which is crazy. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, defenseman over to Philly, had a point last night uh, in their game and assist. He looks great. I mean, he looks like he's going to be an elite defenseman in a few years, and then he he'll probably stick around there if he's not already like pushing the elite status. I think you know he was hurt last year, and I think that he hasn't really proven enough to be elite, um, but he definitely shows signs of that. So. Uh, and then the torts comments after all of this. So that, that happened. And then a day later, uh, almost 24 hours later, um, Tortorella in a, in their postgame press conference, actually last night, uh, after Drysdale scored his point, I don't know if Philly won or not, who cares, but, um, he called out the reporters. So there was a rumor, there was a rumor that, uh, even a report, it wasn't even, I, I'll, I'll take it up a notch. It was a report that uh, the reason that Cutter Gauthier did not want to play in Philly was because he talked to Kevin Hayes about it. So I don't know what Kevin... I didn't do a ton of research into this. I didn't do a lot of digging into this. And it, and it doesn't really matter because I think regardless of if this journalist... And I don't know his name either. And I'm not going to call the guy out. I mean, you can find... It's very easy to find on Twitter. Um, regardless of if this journalist was correct, is correct or not in this report and is, and is 100% accurate... Torts is the kind of coach that's going to stand up for his dude regardless. And Kevin Hayes no longer plays in Philly. Um, I don't know where he's at, which I think I just learned that last night as well. I could have sworn Kevin Hayes was still in Philly. Maybe. I don't know. Regardless, um, they didn't they didn't mesh with the play style and, and how, you know, how all that was. And uh, so Kevin Hayes, I think, moved out of there. But um, Torts last night said Kevin Hayes is, an, is a phenomenal man. Uh, and there is no reason that he deserved any night. Like, rip this guy to shreds in the middle, like, in front of all of this guy's colleagues in the press room. I know this guy was sweating bullets, dude. I would have been. I would have... My whole shirt would have been soaking wet if John Tortorella... If I have a press pass to go ask John Tortorella questions, and he looks me square in the eyes, and I become a viral moment on the internet because John Tortorella just ripped my entire life to shreds in front of all of my colleagues that I have to see all the time because I work with them... That's garbage. I mean, that's awful. That's awful. It's 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 crazy though. It's so, I don't know. It's so torts, right? That's what torts does. So, I I really enjoyed the the torts rant last night. Um, torts is fucking back, dude. Torts is back. That that guy, absolutely. He took like I think the what the last twenty games off at the end of last year. Uh, sat up in the press box with the GM, kind of went over everything that they wanted to do. Uh, going forward and holy shit what an idea maybe maybe we need to get pascal vincent up in the room with with uh 
with Yarmo and JD for the rest of the season. Just let Jared Bull take over, huh? Let fuck it, let Nash, let Rick Nash take over. I mean, this guy, this we have the youngest team in the league again, anyways. You might as well be running a development camp out on the camp out on the ice every night. Fucking let Rick Nash run it, you know? He's development guy. It makes sense. I don't know. I digress. Uh, next point: Corey Perry able to sign with any team. Uh, there are reports that the Leafs are interested. I don't know. I don't know enough about that. Um, I think it's funny that I to the a uh, couple days after Connor Bedard's injury was announced, six to eight weeks. Uh, oh, you're good, Corey Perry. Come on back, right? That's <laughs> just immaculate timing. Um, I don't know. The jokes write themselves, honestly. I mean, I just wherever he signs, I don't know. Maybe, Mitch Marner has a hot mom. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. Anyways, I don't want to get into that. Corey Perry going to be back in the league at some point. Somebody was was messing with me saying that he should sign with the Blue Jackets, and I think that, um, yeah, that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, uh, moving on, Trevor Zegris. Uh, Trevor Zegris is on the trade block, everybody. So, wow, Trevor Zegris on the trade block. Um, why? I mean, I, 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 I know why. They have a plethora of... A absolute a plethora of guys down the middle. They don't really need Zegris, which is crazy to, to say. Especially as Anaheim's like one of the worst teams uh, in the league right now, I believe. So I, yeah, it's crazy. No, I, I'm just gonna say it right now. No, he does not fit in with the Blue Jackets. He doesn't. I mean, we we have guy, we have Kent Johnson, we have Fantilli. I mean, they're not the same. Fantilli's better than Zegris. Kent Johnson, maybe, I don't know. I, I just don't think that we, what we need is defense. We need, we need defense. We have the young offensive guys that are, that are doing well. Um, not, we don't have the best. I mean, I think we're still fourth in the league in even strength goals to this point, like 108 of the 126 total goals on the season, uh, have been even strength. And that is good for fourth in the league. Um, like 17th though, or 21st mid-pack in overall goals for because everybody else scores power play goals and uh we don't <laughs> like 18 power play goals this season i think everybody else is up in like the 30s so 30s are 30 not, obviously not like san jose and teams like that but the better teams are up in the 30s on their power play goals so that's where they lack but that comes down to coaching uh i digress trevor zegris i don't think that he's a good fit here i i think that trevor zegris um, would be good on a team like New York. Uh, maybe get maybe he'd be good in Florida. I mean, he doesn't strike me as like the real flashy guy, even though he that's kind of what he's portrayed to be. I think is a flashy dude. Um, he definitely looks like California, like a surfer, long hair, just kind of mellow. I guess I don't know. Uh, San Jose could definitely use a Trevor Zegers. Seattle, he'd look great in Seattle. Seattle can't afford him right now, though. I'm just kind of going through all this in my head. I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I hope it's not here. I think that would be a dumb move. Again, we need defense. Uh, our goals against is worse than the league right now. So defense and goaltending. Uh, goaltending will come with time, I hope. Uh, but the defense is something you need to fix first on this team before and, and I, look, even though they tried to fix it in the offseason, right? I mean, you bring in Provorov, you bring in Severson, uh, Yurchek comes up and is playing more. But 
I mean, Provorov has not been good defensively. He was good offensively. He was, like, stepping into a role when nobody else was scoring at the beginning of the season. Uh, but now halfway through, he's middle of the pack and, and points on the team. And I think he's only has two goals on the season, and, you know, a few assists. Um, but defensively, like, I, man, it's not – I don't know. It's not there. Some of the decisions he makes are – I'm sitting here watching watching my TV, watching Ivan Provorov – do laps around in his own end because he doesn't know what to do with the puck so he just skates with it instead and i i am pulling my hair out like it i don't know and so and then these turn some of these turnovers he has in in clutch moments of games where it and holy shit does it not feel like that the opposing team every time there's a shit turnover an hour end does it not feel like the opposing team is converted on those mistakes 100 percent of the time I mean, it seems like every single time there's a bad mistake in our own end, they are, it's an automatic goal for the other for the opponent. Every time. I mean, Ter- now Tarasov has come in and kind of taken that away. Elvis was playing well um, until, he, until he just wasn't playing at all. Uh, that's something, we'll, I mean, I'll, we'll get into that. But, man, uh, it's a weird situation right now. This is all, this is all coming off of Trevor Zegers. Uh, point. So I'll, I'll move on. I digress. I'm going to get into all of that. Uh, the state of the team is coming up. I'm trying to kind of not get with the Blue Jackets here. So more news uh, from around the league. Um, Ilya Samsonov has been recalled by the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, after being put on waivers after the loss against the Blue Jackets. His second loss in which uh, in a two-game total, he gave up 12 goals to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, so just... That's a round of applause for Samsonov for that that immediate that automatically makes you the worst goaltender in the league. Automatically. He doesn't the, the worst goaltender in the league is not in Columbus, Ohio this year. Uh, it is currently in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Who of which just paid a, just agreed to pay 11 11.5 million dollars a season to William Nylander. So they will not and I repeat they will not be paying a goaltender anytime soon. Uh awesome they they probably needed to pay him that though they'll figure it out they'll they're gonna they're gonna trade marner they have to they can't pay both anyways not getting into it uh league table league standings winnipeg and vancouver top two bet top two teams in the league what the fuck um nobody saw that coming and even with vancouver kuzmenko not performing who fuck man as a rookie 28 year old rookie last year like 37 goals uh, crazy craziness. So yeah, man, um, like no Kuzmenko really. And Vancouver second in the league, uh, Winnipeg just cru- We just got beat by Winnipeg five, nothing. I think, um, I stopped watching that after the second period, to be honest with you, I did not care anymore after that, but yeah, uh, Winnipeg being the best team in the league, man, you know, that's, that's crazy. Um, after dumping Pierre-Luc Dubois, which Pierre-Luc Dubois, LA fans are tired of him. Somebody, There is an LA account, hockey account, a reputable one, who just tweeted, like a popular one, I should say, not maybe not so reputable, that was the wrong word, popular account, who just tweeted the, the shift video of PLD's last shift in Columbus before he basically, he forced his way out of here. Um, funny it's funny that that keeps coming up i mean it comes up every year i feel like that that video of him just 
fucking sandbagging it, dude. Or not sandbagging. Jeez. It's like he's skating in quicksand. He just slow, methodic, doesn't care, looks lazy. Uh, I feel like he, if he just, if he doesn't get his way, he kind of just, I don't know. I feel like he just kind of whines. He doesn't, he doesn't just keep going. He just kind of whines about it. It's just what it seems like. It didn't seem like a very, like a guy that, that, deals with adversity very well. I'll say it that way. That's what, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Cutter Gauthier thing, but I, that's kind of what it feels like there too, is uh, like some shades of PLD pushing his way out of Columbus. Just wild shit, man. I, I don't know. LA, LA is not, LA fans are not happy with PLD right now. Uh, underperforming there to say the least. So uh, last thing that I've got here on news and notes before we get into the state of the team uh, Jordan Dumais uh, scheduled for surgery on lower abdomen injury on January 19th. Um, I'm glad we all know when. And also in the article, they put who. So if you'd like to go say hi to Jordan Dumais while he's getting lower abdomen surgery next uh, next week, you know where to go because this article from the Blue Jackets put it all there. I thought that was weird. I don't think I've ever seen that before, but maybe I just haven't been looking very hard. I don't know. That was a weird thing to me. Uh, every, there was a report coming out, though. The reason I have this here is there was a report coming out yesterday that um, during the World Juniors, he was dealing with hip problems, and so he came back to Columbus to get his hips worked on or looked at, and the report was that he's going to have double hip surgery, uh, which ended up being very like entirely false. So I, again, what, and there, nobody knows who this guy is that said that. That's just, I mean, it's false. It's false journalism there, and this is why I choose not to be a journalist. That's not, I mean, that's not the only reason why I'm not. But you know what I mean. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into the factual side. I'm on the opinion side because, like, I, I don't, I'm not due diligence enough. You know what I mean? I mean, I could be, but I don't want to be. I want to just be willy nilly and spontaneous and talk shit and whatever. So that's what I'm doing. Anyways, Jesus, making it all about myself. It is a solo BHK epi. So, um, it is kind of weird just sitting here talking to myself now that I think about it. I'm going to be weirded out by that for the rest of the episode. It is just me in here talking to myself. Well, I mean, you're all listening to me, right? So that's cool. Uh, yeah. So lower abdomen, I assume he was having hip pain because he was having a lower abdomen problem. Um, so, 19-year-old kid with with issues. Or I, I hope he gets this shit worked out, you know? I mean, the, Jordan Dumais is a, is a very special talent. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. He, in my opinion, probably should have made the team this year. He should not have went back to Halifax. But, um, man, just needed another year of development. And also, there wasn't room for him at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, uh, Jordan Dumais, it's uh, six weeks. He's got like a four- to six-week window in the injury as well. So, a lot better than we thought initially. There were, there were questions coming out about like how it's going to affect his development with the double hip surgery. So that that got concerning. But it it sounds like the the it, it's a it's a better situation, right? So uh, yeah, that's all I have for that. Um, let's move on. Before we jump into the next segment, just want to talk about uh, our awesome sponsor, High Bank Distillery. Uh, highbankco.com for more info on the distillery awesome spot uh right over here in uh grandview in the grandview yard over by the grandview yards they've got a couple other locations one going in uh they're building another one in new albany so that's cool um also if you didn't know all appetizers are 
$2 off on weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, so jump in there for a little after work lunch, a little after work snack, you know, grab some appetizers, grab some uh, smoked old fashions over there and and uh, tell them BHK sent you. I said that I said that on the first ad. Um, I think I'm going to say that from now on. I think I like that. Just tell them. Just let them know. B, uh, Bucket Hat Kyle, they won't know what BHK means. Um, they probably won't even know what Bucket Hat Kyle means. I don't even think they listen to this podcast, to be honest with you. Uh, Highbankco.com. We love those guys. Um, Adam over there crushing it as usual. Uh, don't forget, $2 off. Appetizers, weekdays, 3 to 6. Highbankco.com for more info. Let's get back into it. All right. We are back here. Uh this is the only segment I had planned for today. I was sitting at my desk today at work and um, just kind of thinking about some things I wanted to talk about. And I don't always, you know, when there, when there's all of us in a room together and we're all talking, I, I can't just sit there and and talk for 15 minutes straight. That wouldn't make any sense. Why did anybody else show up to the to the to the podcast, to the studio, you know? Um, but today I can do that, so I'm going to do that pretty much, uh, with the state of the team. Um, I'm just going to get right to the, to the nitty gritty of it, the facts of it right now. Uh, 42 games played 13, 20 and nine, 35 points. That's good for last in the Metro. Uh, we are nine points behind seventh place, which is Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is like trying to get into the playoffs though. So regardless, uh, we still have three games, up on them, uh, three game. They have three games in hand on us. Uh, minus twenty nine goal differential. Uh, yeah, twenty eighth in the league overall. Uh, like I said earlier, we're fourth in the league in even goals for. Um, one hundred eight of the one hundred twenty six goals have been even strength this season. Our power play has been abysmal, to say the least. Um, so from here on, what are what do we expect, right? What should we expect going forward with player personnel, uh, player personnel, coaches, operations, all of these things? You know, we this this plan has been in place now. I think this is year three, I believe. Uh, really, ever since the I, I'm going to say the Cole Sillinger draft is when this kind of rebuild started. I would say, um, yeah, year three. This is Cole's year three. We are not where we thought we would be at this point. Um, last year was the last last year or the second to last year of Brad Larson's deal. We all knew he wasn't going to make it through. We were saying it on this podcast for months. Um, so yeah, I sorry, I just read a text about an, an NDA that was interesting. Uh, what should we expect going forward? I I expect obviously that the GM, Yarmo and JD to try to save their jobs. They want to have jobs and I think they want to have jobs here. This is this team is something that they have built entirely mostly Yarmo, JD left for a few years to go to New York um, and then came back after that. But I this is Yarmo's team and it has been now for a while. He's all the drafts, free agents, all these things. And it's not where I I mean it's not where he thought where we thought we would be. 2019 we sweep Tampa. I mean, I now that's <laughs> that's been Five years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. We swept Tampa and you know, it's, it's really been downhill since the next year in the bubble. We beat, um, Toronto in the, in the play in 
not really the not the playoffs factually not the playoffs and then lost to Tampa uh, in the first round Corpy I think still has the record for most saves in a game by a goaltender ever in NHL history with 85 saves from that game five overtimes wild shit anyways this is this is not you know this is not where we thought we would be I mean the goaltending Elvis gets paid Elvis comes in does great the five shutouts to, to this point, I think, going into next season, unless there are drastic changes, I don't know what Yarmo's contract is, and I, I don't know what ownership is, is thinking about here when it comes to when are we, gonna, when are we going to win. The, the pieces are here. They are. They're right here. I mean, this team right now should not be as bad as they are. Everybody's saying it. Everybody says it. And it's true. They're, they're, this team should not be this bad. I understand the beginning of the season – you know, Babcock gets gets pushed out of here, rightfully so. Um, and and Pascal Vincent just kind of gets thrown into it. Pascal Vincent, you know, is coached in other places and he's had success. I I think that Pascal Vincent is treating this team as an AHL team, and that's what it seems like to me. It's all about development for him right now and not winning. It's we're getting better. We're 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 so close, and they. I mean, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but I think it's the amount of times that he said it to this point where the the third the third period collapses, which has not happened. It hasn't happened in a, in a while. If anything, we've come back and won games in the third period recently. I think Montreal was one of those, but it, it I don't know what we were expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, I, I could go back and look at my preseason predictions, but I wasn't expecting the same season as last year. I wasn't expecting playoffs playoffs no i was not expecting playoffs but i was expecting sixth place Eh. i mean philly obviously nobody saw that one coming so there's one spot in the playoffs that we're not getting back so you know other things happen shit happens but dude everybody i mean it comes down to coaching and this is one of those leagues where it is so it's it's coat it's straight coaching Coaching is so important in this league. So important. You look at Torts in Philly. Philly was picked to come dead, come in dead last in the league this year by many of people. Many of uh, the advanced analytic projections. All, all of these things, the, the numbers, the reports run, everything like that. All of this stuff is, is coming out and Philly is the last in the league. And here they are not last in the league. In fact, one of the top teams in the Metro which nobody saw coming. What's the what's the one variable there that nobody really takes into consideration when they're doing these number when they're doing these predictions is coaching. It's John Tortorella. Philly was one of the worst teams in the league in the last 20 games of their season last year, which feeds everybody's projections for the year afterwards as it should, especially when not a lot changed. I mean they they moved Provorov, which may also be a reason that they're playing so well. Um, Carter Hart is figuring it out, but John Tortorella came in and, and fucking coached these guys. I, I don't know how I would do it. I, that's not the point of this. So stop asking me that, you in your, in your car listening to me right now. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I think it comes down to... Co- I mean, on the back end here, we have... Wierenski, we have we have veterans. We have a player in Johnny Goudreau who once scored 115 points in a season, which would shatter 
any record that the Blue Jackets have. All of them. It would just shatter the records if somebody were to come here and did what Johnny Gaudreau did that one year. But it's just, it feels like we are always just walking uphill. As as a fan of this team, Every, I mean, for the last, 2019 was an amazing year. You know what? 2014, really, through 2019 were the I obviously the, the best five years in this franchise's history, but there are a lot of new fans now because of those five years. There are a lot of people who it got the attention. It got the attention of a lot of people in those five years. They had the most success. Um I, 2020, 21, maybe. It might have been 19. I don't remember. I think it was 21 even. Uh most goals in franchise history. Um, there has been times where those five years specifically though, where it's like, you know, we felt like we were going into a season and, and had something to, to play for and and cheer for as a fan base. But now these last two, three years, you go into a season and are just, I mean, expecting to get shit on and it, and it gets exhausting. Like we're halfway through the season, man. And I am, I'm tired. I'm tired. I get you got to now if you're listening to me at home right now and you're and you're scrolling through your phone or whatever on social media, get off of it. That shit is so toxic. Social media sucks, man. I mean, that all social media is is a bunch of people talking shit to each other who would not say that same thing to each other in in person. It's all that's what it is. Not 80-90% of of Twitter, Blue Jackets Twitter is either people yelling at burners and threatening to find burner people who run burner accounts and and sue them or just a bunch of weirdos yelling at each other that would not say that shit to each other in person anyways yeah i it, i in my i think it's coaching i i truly do and this season got so thrown off because of the, i think babcock would have been a great coach a coach person not so much and when you're not a good person you don't get to be a coach that's just how that works everywhere really uh people will hold you accountable and you are held on a higher standard especially when you are being paid the amount you are and are in the public eye like you are as a professional national hockey league coach head coach i think i think babcock would have been great as a coach um Maybe there was some some stuff in the in the personal side of that comes in where you know when he was in Toronto he, he had some, him and and Marner had issues and just about everywhere he's been he's had issues with players it sounds like Detroit um, he had issues with players in Detroit um, shit like that so that that's the person side that comes in but as a straight hockey coach uh, analytical X's and O's firing the guys up um, he would have been great and. I know that our front office knew that. Uh, they knew what kind of person he was. Everybody did, and they still did it anyways. And it and it entirely backfired. And this season, it got entirely thrown off because of that. And now we're, you know, we're seeing it. We're one of the we're the one of the worst teams in the league. We are not worse than San Jose, because holy shit, San Jose is bad. I think they've lost like thirteen straight. It's unbelievable how bad San Jose is. So we're not we're not that bad. The talents there. The coach is there, um, but he's—I don't think he's the right coach for this team right now, and it's hard to find that. That's part of being a GM, and that's why people are mad at Yarmo because of the coaching hires. 
You know, you can get mad at him, at him for the drafting and all of that. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, his his trading ability is immaculate. Um, and his drafting recently has been awesome. I mean, Juracek, Mateichuk, he's he drafted Zach Wierenski. Uh, he drafted Oliver Bjorkstrand, Adam Fantilli, which yeah, I know we all would have drafted Adam Fantilli. I get it. Uh, Voronkov, Chinnikov, Dume in the second, third round. Uh, Marchenko, you know, the guys are, are there. Did I say Mateichuk? Cole Sillinger. Cole Sillinger's having a decent year. Uh, he drafted Kent Johnson, you know, Gavin Brindley in the second round. And Gavin Brindley went out and had one of the um, best stat lines in the World Juniors, you know, a few weeks ago. It So you, the drafting, he's absolutely made up for it. I, The personnel side of the players on the ice has been a good thing from him for a long time. I will give him that. Um, he hired John Tortorella, which got us to, you know, one playoff series victory, which was amazing. And then it's been nothing since. So I understand the people who are saying that Yarmo needs to go because it's been 10 years of, of shit. Uh, to those people, I say, I don't think you've really been paying attention. Um, there has been success. They haven't been able to get over the hill. There's been a lot to talk about. There's been a lot with good players coming in and out of here. I mean, Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin is going to go down as one of the biggest fleeces uh, in history. I mean, is a dump. It was a cap dump, but still, it you know Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson, great, great trade. You know the trades have been good uh, over for the most part. You know we did the thing and we brought in Matt Duchesne and. Uh, Zingle and Duclair, I think that year, it, you know, there's, there's been, there's been a lot of good things from Yarmo. It hasn't panned out. And over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of other teams that haven't won cups either. You know, I don't know all those GM histories. Maybe there's still some there from then. Who knows? You guys don't know either. That's the thing. So I, I truly believe overall Yarmo has done a good job putting the pieces in place that need to be there to win, but it's not, it has just never come together fully. It, and we've obviously, you know, we've all seen that the, the overall success at the end of a season, he, I think did he tried for Bobrovsky that I don't think that was him. It might've been housing. I don't remember. I don't even remember what year. I think it was 2012, but I don't remember if he was, he wasn't here yet. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm asking myself. I'm talking in my brain, and my brain is not saying anything. So, anyways, uh, yeah, the goalie situation recently hasn't been good, and either is the coaching situation. I, I truly believe Brad Larson came in as a filler until they got to a point in this rebuild where they were ready to hire a coach to be long-term, a guy that's going to take them to cups. Um, and I, I the, the unfortunate part about that is I believe that they thought that person was Mike Babcock and now there's just nothing uh I don't I think because Babcock derailed this team so badly at the beginning of the season that they are still recovering from it and there is no doubt in my mind they're still recovering from it because they had a play they, there it was for them it was all right there for them Babcock was going to lead this team to the promised land with the prospects and the really good offensive and defensive talent that was brought together um i i truly believe because of that they were going to just like 
figure out goaltending as they went. They knew Tarasov would be back at some point. Um, I don't think they ever had any intentions of keeping Elvis this long. Uh, he, he has been sitting right for a while. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's going to be around next season. Um, he'll probably be gone before the deadline. I think there's going to be a retention in salary there for him. Uh, and I think Tarasov's the number one. I think we're the Elvis era has not officially come to an end. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say that we've seen him play his last game in Union Blue. There's a chance. I don't know how good of a chance. I don't think anybody knows how good of a chance um, that's going to be this upcoming Saturday. But, yeah, I, I think the the plans direction going forward is Tarasov is the number one. I don't know about Spencer Martin, and I don't think that they care about that anyways. I think Spencer Martin, if he wants to stick around, will take a team-friendly deal. Uh, the cap also goes up at the end of the season by, like, $7 million. So that's, you know, the, the retroactive, um, the backfill, basically, from the flat cap years of COVID, um, which feels like a lifetime ago, right? Time is a weird thing. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think the number one goaltender going into next season is uh, is Tarasov, and that's, you know, if he can stay healthy. Um, this all hinges on his health. He took a, a very extended leave of absence because of his injury to make sure that he was 100% healthy, which is great. He's been playing well overall. Uh, not f- super awesome, but he hasn't played in the NHL in a long time. So getting back into it was expected. Um, and I think he's getting back into it. I, I've i said in, in tweets and podcasts and, and wherever anybody will listen to me that, I you know, I don't think that he's going to be the guy we think he is. And maybe I'm being proven wrong right now. It's still too early to tell. He has not played enough by any means. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Tarasov is the guy going into next season and they're, they'll figure the backup out. It's probably going to be Jet Greaves as the backup. I'm, I'm sure Spencer Martin's on his way out. Sergey Ivanov is, is a few years out. And there's more goaltenders coming up in drafts as well. And that's not to say there can't be one coming over in a trade. I mean... You know, but I think Boston is very fond of their two goaltenders, but I'm sure that they would give one of those guys up at a price. Um, probably more Jeremy Swayman than Allmark, which if, you know, you can move a line A and a pick uh, over to Boston for Jeremy Swayman, I would do that in a heartbeat. But that's just me. You know, what do I know? Uh, I don't know. So... Who moves before the deadline? Um, I was going to say Roslovic here. I was thinking about it a little. Uh, I don't think Roslovic moves. He's been one of the better guys. It's not saying much recently. Uh, they had a stretch of games where the offense was really clicking, and and now the whole team's kind of hit a wall, especially the Russian line. Uh, really have not done anything in the last couple of games. But I think Elvis moves before the deadline. Uh, maybe Texier moves before the deadline, and a defenseman. Um, I think we're either looking at Boquist, probably not Jake Bean, um, but I think either Boquist or I think maybe Gubranson could move. He's kind of like done well enough here to to kind of maybe move. I don't know how happy Johnny G would be about that. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, which whatever, but 
if you can move a four million dollar defense, and now I, you know what, I don't know. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, I was saying that you know we need to find a way to dump this four million dollars uh, per season that we have taken on. But I mean, I he's worth all four million if he's if he's protecting Fantilli and and protecting Kent Johnson and just like he's just going straight dad mode out there on on some of these goons on the on the opposing teams. And, hey, that's worth it my man you know so I don't know I don't think I would want to see him go um but I think a defenseman goalie and a pick probably for sure this season so we'll see what happens there uh another note I had here is the defense good enough to even support a number one goaltender I, I ju- I'm just now realizing that's kind of a trick question uh because uh, you know sometimes there is the goaltender makes the defense look good that's not necessarily true but um, the goals against can be significantly lower if you have a real number one goaltender that can make real number one goaltender saves. Andre Vasilevsky, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Andre Fleury, Igor Shesterkin, uh, guys, Cam Talbot, guys like that. Cam Talbot's not having a great year though. Um, yeah, guys that can Jeremy Swayman, uh, Lena Solmark, um, Sergei Bobrovsky, dudes that can make saves to bail out their defense um at the beginning of the season elvis was not doing that at all Uh, a lot of soft goals i was very hard on elvis at the beginning of the season and i think for a good reason the defense wasn't doing him any favors by any means and i understand that but there was zero bailouts uh from elvis in for his defense in in a lot of those situations so um i think a, a good number one contending goaltender goaltender that would contend uh for a playoff spot for a cup whatever needs to bail out his defense more probably more often than he'd like to right i mean that's what they do so tarasov has been has been doing that sometimes um the defense has not been great around him still and he's he's making up for it so i i don't know that the number that our defense right now is good enough we are truly missing zach Wierenski, um i think so that that's a big part of it but also, like, we haven't had any third-period collapses since Zach Wierenski got hurt, now that I think about it. Oh, I wonder if that's a coincidence. Probably not. I think we trade Zach Wierenski before the deadline as well. I think he needs to go. Uh, moving on is uh, PV, the coach, at the beginning of the season. Pascal Vincent. I Man, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I mean, this season has been a disaster. And I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. From what expectations were, I think, going into this season to what this has turned into, especially like with some of the injuries that have piled up, Boone, Warinsky, Line, you know, I, I don't see a scenario where he's... I mean, if this continues, unless they go on some crazy run... We get another 16-game win streak uh, coming up here. Then, yeah, his job's safe. But he stays. They stay at this pace right now, and end the season with a few more points than they had last year. Then I, I don't see how you do. I don't see how you keep him. I, I truly think Pascal Vincent is a really good person. I think he's an awesome human. He's very relaxed and calm and thoughtful, and he really. When you say something to him, he really takes it in and processes it and then gives you a really calculated answer back. He's a very smart man. 
Um, I don't think he's the right coach for this team. That he is not the right coach for this team going forward. If we're going to be contending for any spots, I just don't. I just don't see it. And I, look, I may get proven wrong like crazy. And honestly, maybe I. I hope that I do get proven wrong. Right? I mean, we'll see. But I. And look, I don't know who's who's on the back end there for him either to. To backfill that spot, I mean, I don't think they hire from within again. They didn't this last time, but they had to, right? They have. They ended up having to. But yeah, I just don't see... I think he took over Babcock's contract, basically. Just less money. Um, two years. So I, I don't see how he could be. We are... I mean, we're coming up to a crossroads here. Um, we're, we're at the end of this reset, this rebuild. It's time to start contending next season. That's where we're at. I mean, we're talking about next season now already. Um, we're going to have another lottery pick next this this upcoming draft. It's probably going to be a good lottery pick. Um, I, man, I, they have to contend for a playoff spot next next season. They have to. There there is no there is no other way that there will be more success. I mean, and if they do it in two years, fine. But then you're losing you're losing fans at this point. If you don't start succeeding at the beginning of next season. If you come out with another start like they did this year, then you're going to lose a lot of people. I promise. They have to contend for a playoff spot next year. They're at that crossroads. And if they don't, you have... I mean, I feel like we're keep, we keep giving leniency, and I understand that we're not the ones making the decisions, and we're just fans that give our opinions, but I, I just don't see a scenario where they can't, they can't be in a playoff contention spot next season. Um, so, no. I because of that I don't think that PV will be on the bench for us next season because he is not the right coach for this team in this in this era of Blue Jackets hockey that we're watching uh, the the Adam Fantilli era it is it is it is Fantilli season for at least the next ten years we got this guy for ten years right I mean he's gonna I don't know I don't even want to talk extension I mean he could sign for an eight year deal there huh? right out right out the gate he wanted to be here God I love Adam Fantilli. Uh, I don't really have anything else. That's the state of the team. I think to, to wrap everything up here, the expectations of what we thought it was going to be to what now we're looking at, the expectations were much higher than what we're seeing. And I think that's from a league standpoint. Um, Dom from The Athletic will tell you something different. And he was right, again, as he usually is. Uh, but yeah, I, the expectations compared to the results are just not lining up. And I think that we had, as a fan base, we had higher expectations going into this season, and rightfully so. Like on the off on paper, everything was going right for us up until the Babcock signing, right? Uh, this the actual signing. It was rumored before that, before the draft and before free agency and all that. Then they officially signed him. Oh, it might have been the first day of free agency. We we'll get Provorov, we we'll get Severson, we we'll get Fantilli. Um, Ken Johnson's in year two. Marchenko, Chinnikov, Voronkov, Yurichek's here. Warinsky's healthy again. Danforth is healthy. Goudreau's back again. Second year, he's he's a seasoned vet now in this city. And it just it is just falling apart. And we nobody knows why. I mean, nobody knows why. It's the well, it's the veterans. It's it's the older guys not stepping up. Um, and ultimately, I think it's coaching. It's the defense. It's the third period collapses. 
if if you take away half of the third period uh, blown leads, then that is exactly where expectations were. That's how simple it is. That's how close we are to being there, right? I just said it. <laughs> uh, but next year, next year, high drafts, high draft lottery pick, and contending for a playoff spot. It has to be that. Um, the state of the team right now, not good. All right, uh, we are getting social, and then we're going to get out of here, little boomers. Thanks for sticking along with me to this point, um, if you're still hanging out. I don't really know what I'm talking about most of the time, but, you know, I throw words onto this microphone, and um, that's about all I got. So, yeah, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, real quick, a quick update. Uh, this just came out as I was recording. Um, injury update from the Anaheim Ducks. Trevor Zegers broke his ankle and will be out six to eight weeks. So he's not going to be traded anytime soon. Uh, in the same game, uh, Minchikov, their brand-new defenseman who is the reason they were okay with giving up Jamie Drysdale, also suffered a she- separated shoulder and will be out for six weeks. So more brutal news for the Anaheim Ducks there. Um, yeah. So we're not, we don't have it as bad as you know other teams, so whatever. Uh, all right, last thing here. Uh, got about 13-ish questions. Getting social here. Uh, first one here from Brian W. at BWesty75, front of the pod. Uh, you guys going to be at the barn Saturday? Possibly, Brian. If you are going to be there, then I will probably be there. I got. I haven't seen you in years, man. It's been a, it's been a while. Uh, Brian's a great dude. Go follow him on Twitter at BWesty75. Uh, yeah, hit me up, DM me real quick, let me know, um, and we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, next question uh, from Gopnik Hockey Life at Gopnik Hockey Life. Uh, congratulations to Team USA for winning the World Juniors. Canada must be disappointed in the outcome. Do you think they had a decent chance at gold if Fantilli and Bedard are on the team? Um, absolutely yes. There is no doubt in my if Fantilli. And Bedard, both of those two, <laughs> what, a, what a team that would that would be, huh? I think they did. They played. They played it together recently in the last last time. I don't know. Anyways, it was. You know, I feel bad for the Canadians. Uh, they didn't even medal. It's kind of funny. They think they just own hockey, and then then they then they just then they don't because the United States just crushed everybody in this tournament. Um, because the United States of America is a is the biggest capitalist society in the in the world, uh, all the money's here. Uh, so because of that's this is where all the money is. This is where all the best players go. And because it's been like that for a long time, uh, even if you're not from the United States, there's been money dumped into development here to the point now where we have the best development pool in the world. Obviously, gold medals. Hello. Um, so yeah, man. Very cool to watch USA do that. Uh, if Fantilli and Bedard were on the ice for Team Canada, uh, they would have beat everybody by 12 goals. So that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Next question from I'm just gonna read through these. So if you ask me a dumbass question, um, I'm gonna tell you about it. But I'm not I'm not screening these before I read them. So uh, if Elvis is being traded, what's his value at this point? Uh, if we retain, how much? Oh, this is from John Young at CBJ underscore chef. I don't think we've ever met, but he asked a lot of questions. So thanks for that. Front of the pod. 
if we retain how much of the salary uh, with our log jam of contracts this year, do we only accept a pick and retain more as a result? Or is Yarmo Kekalainen waiting for the perfect three-way trade near the deadline? Um, I don't think Yarmo is waiting for anything. I think if the deal was there, he would have made it already. Nobody wants Elvis's contract. I, I went. I was on record years ago when they announced this contract, saying it was a terrible contract. The minute they announced it, and I am now on record years later saying this is a terrible contract, because now he didn't perform up to it for reasons that probably aren't his fault, to be honest. But I'm not getting into that. The fact of the matter is, he has not lived up to the contract, and everybody can see that. Uh, he was statistically the worst goaltender in the in the league last year. And I think now him like leaving sick a few times in the middle of a game um, has really hurt his trade value. I don't know. It, it's a weird situation. It's a very weird situation. Uh, if we retain, it's probably going to have to be about half. It's gonna, and I think that's why it hasn't been done yet because we don't want to. Does, Yarma doesn't want to retain half because that's another three years of of what two two point two million dollars of of dead cap. Um, now the. If the right deal was there with the 50% retention, uh, I he could do it because the the like I said earlier the draft or the the cap ceiling will be going up by between I think it's between six and eight million dollars um, at the at the end of this season. They're adding they're they're adding money. It's they're doing it basically just to retroactively fill in the two flat cap years from the COVID years. So I you could do it. You could eat that. And just live with it. Um, I just don't think that Yarmo wants to do that. Yarmo's a it's a hard he's a hard negotiator, and he I mean he just doesn't want to do that. So um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I with the contracts. I mean I think that if if you're going to trade for another player, they need to have term on their contract. You don't want to trade uh, for somebody that you're just going to have to turn and re-sign unless. I mean, they're not winning anything this year. They're not, so you don't need to bring in some six million dollar, you know, forward that is going to score you 15 goals in the next 25 games because it doesn't matter. So it just it wouldn't make sense to go get a guy to go get a loner, you know, unless you're dumping the whole contract. Then it would make sense. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Um, I think the perfect deal doesn't exist, John. I, I think that it you're just going to have to eat it as a, as Yarmo because you, you signed, in my opinion, one of the worst contracts in the history of this franchise, and now you're dealing with it on the back end. That sh- I Yeah. I can keep telling you how bad of a contract it was. I was in shock when they first announced that a few years ago. It's just absolute insane. Uh, next question. Um, ooh, good question. CBJ underscore takes at CBJ underscore takes. You are made GM for the rest of the season. What moves do you make? Uh, I, I make a deal with Elvis. Um, I am on the Tarasov train. Elvis has... I mean, the only way I can put it is... I, he's going to talk to the media tomorrow. Um, today, if you're listening to this on a Friday, it's 
Portsline said he's going to talk. He's probably going to talk to the media on Friday, and maybe he can clear some things up as to why he hasn't played since uh, what the 29th, I think, of the 29th of December. Um, as the teams, no, he's still Tarasov is not the number one goalie yet. Elvis is still that, but he's left games early, and because he's been sick, I. It's it's weird because it's ha- I mean if it happened once all right you know Panarin it happens like it happened to him he shit his pants towards that it's you know this has happened a few times now with Elvis and it's I don't know I don't know I'm not going to speculate so while he's healthy you move him fine um, I <laughs> no I don't move Warinsky I'm not gonna move Warinsky. I want to so bad. I think it would make sense to trade him. I think you can make that make sense. But there's nobody... I mean, Juracek could come in and be that that elite defenseman that could fill in that spot. That's just a fat contract. For somebody who's been injured, like, a lot of his career. Like, a solid percentage of his career. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not Warinsky. Um, I'm not going to trade Warinsky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Boquist or Peak, and then I'm going to look to move some picks. You've got your guys. I mean, this upcoming draft is going to be all right. Um, but you you got the draft, right? The best draft since McDavid. Um, eh, I don't know. The Matthews. It's a Matthews line, a PLD. PLD has been proven not to be good. I'm digressing. Uh, I'm, I move a high. I mean, I, I think I move a higher pick to maybe make the team a little older going into the next season. Um I want to. I want a veteran defenseman, and well, maybe not a veteran defenseman. I've got those. I want a coach to coach the defense, put in a system that makes sense for everybody, and and make that make that defensive core gel because they're the talent's there. Like it, it is there. Warinsky and and Juracek and Bean and Boquist. Um, Matejchuk's going to be coming up. Good Branson's all right. You know, there's Peaks. Peaks okay, but he's ex- expendable. He's going to be a a filler. As, as he progresses in his career. Um, but yeah, I think you just need somebody to make the defense gel with each other at this point. Uh, the offense is there. The offensive prospects are there. Uh, we haven't even really talked about some of the guys that are still developing. James Malatesta, Jordan Dumais, uh, Gavin Brindley will be here before you know it. Uh, Matea Chuck's going to be here. Car- Corson Kuhlman's is still in the system. Uh, there, there is a plethora of young dudes that are going to be really solid players coming up for this team in the next few years. So I think that you can now move, start moving some upcoming draft picks, higher draft picks out to bring in better veterans uh, and start putting a winning product on this ice by making this team older. It, we cannot, you, you cannot have success whilst being the youngest team in the league. You can't. It's like a proven fact. It's scientific. It's a, it's a fact. I, I try to go get a goalie. Um, Elvis and half retention with line A in a in a third, second or third round pick for Jeremy Swayman. Send it. You're you're freeing up cap space, kinda, and you're pulling in a 25 year old, 24 year old, Jeremy, 23 year old. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. He's between 23 and 25 years old, and he is a really solid goaltender. Like a really solid dude, so that's that's what my main focus would be, because everything else is there. 
for the most part. Coaching. You got to find a coach, right? So, I yeah. That the my main focus is looking at coaching for the up you know, upcoming and then also trying to get a goaltender before the deadline. I think you go goalie for goalie. I think Elvis as a backup at $2 million is a lot for a backup. Um, nah, Boston's not taking that, are they? Unless you really sweeten the deal. You got to give them line A and a top pick. I mean, that's just what it is. Not this year. Well, this year's could be crazy. Imagine them, you know, they're, they're fourth, fourth worst. Yeah, fourth worst in the league right now, 28th. I was trying to remember if they were 27th or 28th. They're 27th and something else. Yeah, anyways. And, you know, that this lottery pick's going to be a good one, this this upcoming draft. And there's, I mean, I haven't looked. CBJ Prospects is, can come let me know. I don't know. I, I don't think that there's anybody there that we don't already have in our system right now that's worth keeping that pick for, if that makes sense. I may be entirely wrong. I just don't... I just don't see it. That's my educated guess because we have the core of young dudes. Now we need a coach and a goaltender to go along with it, right? So that's where I'm at there. And I I think that, I mean, I would probably move. I would probably move the the first round pick this year because we already, we don't need, we do need those, those players, but... I think it'd be more valuable as a 28-year-old forward coming in that I don't know who it would be. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. Great question. Uh, I'm not going to get through all these. Am I going to get through all these? Oh, my God, you guys. A lot of questions here. Uh, from Jackets Comrade at I Like the Jackets. Uh, have you had the blue drink from the bar by the cannon? If yes, your thoughts on it. Thank you, my brothers in Christ. Thank you, thank you, and to you. Uh, the blue drink from the bar by the cannon. Maybe? Is this a test? Did you buy me one and I didn't know that you were Jacket's comrade? And now I'm supposed to remember that? Hmm. I don't remember having a blue drink. Um, I don't know what's in it. It sounds good. It sounds expensive, like a $16 drink for mostly ice. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, my thoughts are, I don't remember. Next question. Uh, from Voodoo Ride 3 at analysis underscore CP. How much are you going to miss Elvis if we trade him? And Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a good question. Uh, also, my dad started calling Marchenko Maserati Marchenko. Do you think that's a cool nickname? Oh, uh, you should ask me my opinion on if you th- if I think things are cool. Because no, that is a terrible nickname. I'm really I'm not sorry. I mean, I know that's like a Gus Johnson thing with Marvin Harrison, and you know you got you're clearly like uh, big Ohio State fans, and that's cool. And I am too. I always have been, you know, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss Marvin Harrison Jr. and Elvis both. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. was awesome this year. Um, didn't pan out. You know, he didn't play in the bowl game, right? So, uh, I'm not going to – I mean, I'll mi- I'm not going to miss Elvis, to be honest. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of I'm tired of all the drama that surrounds him. It's always something with that guy. I'm just sick of it. 
I mean, just come in, do your job and go home and live your life. Like come in and, and do your job to the best of your ability. And like the drama is, is wild with him. Like all the time, it's always something. Whether it's him talking shit about the fans in, in the preseason or him not now speaking to the media because he's mad at them. Like it just reminds, it's like high school drama with Elvis. And I'm just kind of like, we're all just kind of done with it. We just, we just want a product on the ice. We can come to, we can come to nationwide arena, you know, buy a lot of drinks and get drunk and watch you guys win games. I don't want the drama. I don't want it. Keep the drama at home. Dude, we're sick of the drama. All right. We just don't want it anymore. We just want hockey and winning hockey. And that is a lot to ask. I know it is. It's a, so much to ask because it's there's 31 other teams and they all also are trying to win. I get it. But God damn it. Just all we want is some is some winning hockey and, and no, no drama. Just keep the drama to yourself. And, and finish a game for fuck's sake. Huh? Jesus. Maserati Marchenko is a terrible nickname. Terrible. I'm, I'm not sorry. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Next question from Michael Canary at uh, Michael Canary 2 Would you rather have the team still try and compete for a playoff spot or tank for Dreader? I mean, for they're not making the playoffs, Michael. They're not, they're not making the playoffs. So, like at this point, no. I don't. I don't want them to compete because there is no. There's no possible chance in this universe that we're living in that the Columbus Blue Jackets will even come close to making a playoff spot because they are they are a bad team this year. They've had they've had moments of brilliance time to time. I think they broke they had the uh the first time ever four Russian-born players have scored a goal in a game. We we did that this season. Which is awesome. There's guy, there are young guys coming out of their shells and showing everybody what they got. And that's fucking awesome. But overall, it's a young and not and it's not a bad team. It's it's a poorly coached team in my opinion. Uh but it's a team that's so young that they don't know how to finish and win games yet. And that's something that you learn. That's something that you learn. And that's why we need age on this team. That's why you need you got you got to have guys in there that can teach the other guys how to win games, right? You know. All right. Uh, next question from local guy at Rake Bowers. Uh, with the Cutter Gauthier trade being completed, if you could rewind and Columbus dealt for him instead, what do you think uh, we would have given up? Probably like Matei Chuck. I mean, if if I'm just gonna do like uh, give this to me in CBJ terms deal, Anaheim moved Drysdale and a pick for Cutter. Yeah, I, it might have been the other way around. Uh, it would be a defensive prospect. It wouldn't be Yurichek. Yurichek is like the future of the defense on this team. Um, probably like Matejchuk or Coleman's or Line. Now, I don't want Cutter Gauthier. He is another PLD, uh, agent or not. I he is someone who does not see the bigger picture, um, and only sees it in his own tunnel vision, which you have to have a little bit of both. 
That's what it's all about. You got to be able to have tunnel vision for yourself, do what's best for you, and at the same time, what's best for everything else around you uh, because what is happening around you also is what's best for you. So there's, I don't know, there's two things there, and he he's a, he really reminds me of of PLD. All he had to do, like all he had to do is just like, and I know it's not it's all you had to do, but like three years entry level deal, uh, and then just RFA it, you know. I don't know, maybe request a trade. PLD did. We got line out of it, which whatever that's worth. Uh, next question. From Gavin at Gavin Black Double Zero, we know we're close, but oh, that's been made crystal clear. But is Elvis' departure closer? Uh, yes, much closer. Yeah, uh, the Elvis Elvis leaving this team is way closer than us competing for anything. Next question uh, from Spongy at Hey Spongy, uh, with Bedard out, do you think this gives Fantilli the edge to win the Calder Trophy, or do you think they'll still award it to Bedard or another rookie? Um, I don't think Bedard will, unless all of the other rookies kind of just like stop playing. Um, I think Bedard's kind of out of it now, six to eight weeks. Uh, Fantilli's got to score more consistently. Um, his, he's looked good-ish. He's got a lot to work on, um, but he's been one of the more consistently good players on the team throughout the overall volume of the season. There's been games where he's been not good at all. Uh, that's going to happen as a 19-year-old. So the promise is there. Um, I I think that if he gets more consistent, then yes, absolutely, Fantilli can compete for the Calder. This Minnesota guy, uh, I mean, there's Marco Rossi. I know he's kind of in the conversation, but I don't remember. Faber, maybe? I don't understand. Like the, is He's got 16 points or something, and everybody's like, oh, he's the best player in the world. Like Elliot Friedman's even drooling on this guy's dick, man. Oh, what? I don't, I don't understand the, the fascination behind this guy. Is it because that? Is that the guy that was like he's? Yeah, there was a picture of him cheering for the goal as a fan of the Wild, and now he's playing for them. Like, ooh, I'm fucking tired of the Minnesota Wild, dude. I'm tired of Mark Andre Fleury. You know, like we get it, man. You're quirky. Fuck off, Jesus. It's always something with that guy, you know. If it's not diving across the ice and distracting Justin Danforth to miss an open net, it's, it's, I don't know, it's something else. He always does weird shit. Flower. Fucking Mark andre He's a cool dude, right? Like, played in Pittsburgh for a while. Kicked the shit out of us every time he played us. Uh, granted, every goaltender in the history of Pittsburgh hockey has always kicked the shit out of us every time we play them. Except for Tristan Jari at the last game of the season last year. Um, which effectively took us out of the number one spot to get the number one overall pick. Anyways, yeah, I'm tired of I'm tired of the wild. I'm tired of Mark Andre Fleur. I'm tired of those guys. I think Fantilli, if he does what he can do and what he's been doing at times throughout the season with that wrist shot, that when he curls it underneath, man, that wrist shot is unreal. If he can do that more consistently, I think he he now should win the Calder. Adam Fantilli should win the Calder now that Bedard is out six to eight weeks. Also, pretty badass that, you know, I mean, the hit was not dirty by any means, but Bedard goes down, Fantilli also out on IR because he broke his hand fighting the dude that hit Bedard to put him out for six to eight weeks. 
Pretty cool. Nick Foligno's a really fucking good dude. Uh, next question. What's more frustrating to you? CBJ blowing out a team, getting blown out, or just barely losing? Uh, your pods are top notch, by the Oh, thank you. This one is going to put a damper on your opinion, but uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, what is more frustrating to me is the not getting blown out. That happens to everybody every season. Um, not blowing teams out because we know that's what they can do. And it's not frustrating because there's there's just inconsistencies. And you're not going to do that every game, every season, every year. Like, you, you, you can't win 82 of them, you know? And you just can't. You could can try, and everybody does, apparently. Uh, the, the thing that bothers me that and is frustrating to me the most is the barely losing. It's the, it's the third, it's more specifically the third period collapses. And I keep coming back to that because if, if we didn't have, if we had half of the third period collapses that we do now, at this point in this season, this team would be right at the expectation bar, right at everybody's expect, like fifth in the Metro. They'd be right there and we're not making the playoffs. And we knew that. Most of us knew that going in. There were some optimistic fans at the beginning of the season that were, you know, 98 points, playoffs, baby. Yeah, like not happening. Like 75 points in fifth place. That that was more what I was thinking. And I think that's what more of the logical, like the analytic, not logical, the analytic people, that's what they were thinking. And, you know, it, it... it, and it, if it wasn't for the barely losing and the third period collapses, we would be right at expectations. And that that is what is so, so frustrating to me. Uh, next question from period. at It's just a dot. So the period symbol. At De- Deisner Nate. You know your name's in there. Anyways. Uh, do you think Liney will be dealt at the deadline? Ye- no. I don't know. Without looking at cap friendly, I don't know if he has a a no move clause. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. But I think that he genuinely wants to be here and will do what he can to not get traded. Um, I know a lot of people now that he like can't stay healthy, right? Want him to go away. But he's got a modified no trade clause uh, this season, next season, and the season after. So um, when he comes back from injury, I think they're just going to put him back into the lineup. He's going to try his best to integrate himself. Um, Yeah, I mean, hopefully he does. Hopefully the injuries just stop happening and he ends up being that 50-goal scorer uh, that we we thought he was going to be. So, I mean, he's got – Two year, th- two and a half years left on his contract here. Um, I I think that he will still be here at after this deadline. Uh, last question, I think. Let me go back and make sure that nobody asked any questions while I was recording, and they did. How about that? Let me go find. Oh, there it is. Seven minutes ago, from J T Thacker at Thacket J Thack Thack J T. Uh, what is your favorite CBJ-related memory? Don't say sweep in the playoffs. Um, that would be mine. I was there. It was amazing. Uh, it'll be a moment I never forget. But if I had to pick another one, which I will, uh, it was 2014. It was the first ever um, playoff game victory for the Blue Jackets against Pittsburgh at home. 
think it was game three. We lost both on the road at Pittsburgh. Came back to the Schweid. Game three, overtime, Nick Felino. I think it was Latestu got him a pass in the neutral zone. As soon as he crossed the blue line, he takes a wrist shot on Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, it goes, I think it was shoulder, over his shoulder. Uh, that place got so loud that this is a, this is the myth. This is the rumor. That place got so loud after that, after the first ever playoff game victory, that to they tried to keep up with the crowd noise with the speakers in the in Nationwide Arena and blew out the speakers because of that. Uh, my favorite memory. I mean that unbelievable. Just an unbelievable time. Um, that was like right at the beginning of everybody thinking, "Oh my God, we're gonna be like 2014 through 20 like 17. We're like we got a good thing going here, and then we don't." Uh, thanks, thanks for the question. Last question from Connor at the underscore con underscore artist underscore. What the hell are they doing with Elvis? We traded everyone so he could be the number one, and now that he finally has a chance to, they are benching him. Um, Elvis has come out and said that he is not happy with him not playing, uh, understood. Um, I don't know if he actually said that or not. I feel like people may just be assuming that he's not happy. I don't know. I, again, he speaks with the media on Friday. So I, I, what are they doing? I mean, it's Pascal Vincent has said it. Um, they're getting Tarasov looks and that makes sense. They know what this season is. It's a lost season. They've acknowledged it's a lost season. I don't think it was a direct quote that they said that, but, uh, it was something along the lines of, um, we want to see how Tarasov is doing, especially with how the season is going or how, what this season has turned into or something along those lines. I translated a little bit and it's the season's lost. They acknowledged it, um, which is fine. That means now we move. Now we go on. I think that they're they're just doing – they know they're not going to win. So having a number one goaltender when you know you're not winning anything in a season, it doesn't really matter. Um, I – yeah, I think that's exactly why this is what is happening is happening. I, they didn't. He he waited too long to finally be the goaltender that he was supposed to be, and the team changed around him, and that's what that's what we saw. So that's what we're seeing. I think over the next couple of weeks, things are going to work themselves out. Uh, we're not going to have to worry too much about any of that. But yeah, I I just I I really think that it it might. This might be the last couple weeks we ever see Elvis. And we may never see him in a Blue Jacket sweater again. I mean, I, I really don't know. But anyways, that's all I got. Um, thank you again, everybody, for hearing me out. I don't remember what I said. I've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes by myself in a big building, in a studio, a nice soundproof studio. I think it's almost like entire, it's one of those rooms where it's, almost entirely soundproof like it's weird being in here and just not there's like no noise it's weird anyways uh thank you all for listening to me talk about the blue jackets and all of the things that come along with that um i don't know if i'll ever do a solo epi again i might we'll see we'll see how the reviews come out on this one it's probably not going to be good but hey a man can hope right uh don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors SeatGeek, seatgeek.com or download the app uh, type in our promo code CBJA for $20 off your first time purchase uh, and also High Bank Distillery, highbankco.com for more info. Great spot, great drinks. Uh, drink local, drink High Bank. We'll be back next week. Um, 
the artillery. We should have a whole – Jordan got COVID, so that's why he hasn't been around. Warren had some clay stuff to do. Um, oh, I was – wanted to say one more thing. I wanted to propose my love for Warren. I love Warren so much, and, yeah, he's the best boy. That felt weird saying that. I love him so much, and he's the best – man he is he's the best man he is my best man i get married this year that's crazy wow i could do a podcast where it's just me uh vocalizing my internal monologue and i think that would just that would kill that would get that would get more listens than joe rogan yeah probably not i'm not that i'm not that great all right anyways i'm getting out of here i digress Thank you all for listening. Episode 270. I think we had 269 last week. That's off the top of my head. Who knows? Uh, We'll be back next week. Until then, get, get you some BJs.